Good morning. How are we doing? Good to see you guys. Good to welcome our online folks as well. My name's Pastor Doug, one of your associate pastors. You know, I have long thought we should have a riser that kind of brings this up. You think we can do that in the uh, renovations? Nothing wrong with a pastor who wants to be elevated. Uh, just saying. Play with me here. So today we are finishing off the third in our series on the Trinity. We have talked about God as creator. We have talked about Jesus as redeemer. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, our sustainer. So uh, I have to start with a little disclaimer. Uh, Y'all who know me well know that every now and then I, uh, I get off the beaten path. I know, you'll be surprised, Gracie. Uh, I, I wander and I wonder, and in particularly, I do that at times, uh, even with my faith. I was that kid in confirmation and then in, throughout Sunday school who was like, why, why, how come, tell me more, can you show me? And um, I, y'all know the story, I got kicked out of eighth grade Sunday school and was told to never come back. But we love you, but just don't ever come back. Um, so, as in God's amazing humor, God uh, put things in order that I would be preaching today on one of the areas of the Trinity that I have long wrestled with, the Holy Spirit. Well, so hold that right here, and then go back with me months ago, do the math, May, how many months ago was that? Uh, I was the pastor to preach on Pentecost. What's Pentecost about? The Holy Spirit. And in that sermon, I might have acknowledged to an extreme some of my wrestling with uh, understanding to the point that one or two folks in the congregation, I love y'all very much, I don't, it's all good, we're good, uh, questioned uh, my faith and questioned my relationship with Jesus and uh, it kind of got their dander up a little bit that I would do that. And it's all good, we've hugged, we've hugged it out and I'm good, I'm safe with Jesus. but so that, and then, uh, you know, so Daniel preached about God, Grace talked about Jesus, and again, it's my opportunity to learn a little bit. Those of us who have to speak for a living, you know, every time we research stuff, we have to relearn, right? So um, here it comes. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Here comes my opportunity to take again out that which I needed to hold in touch and kind of explore deeper to gain a better understanding. Those of you who either had this kid as one of your own or taught this kid, I was that kid that needed to have everything uber explained. I was the kid that took all the pieces apart and laid them on the table and then tried to put them back together again. Every summer, my dad would give me an old beat down lawnmower and say that he would buy it from me if by the end of the summer I could put it back together and it would run. My dad was a very wise man. I don't know that I ever made any money selling lawnmowers, but um, I'm just that kid. I need that tactile experience. So then, um, here comes again. Pastor Doug, we need to preach about the Holy Spirit. Here's the other point of irony about all this. I love all things squishy. I love beautiful music. I love our choir, I love our contemporary band, I love art, I love dance, I love theater, I love all those things that kind of laser into that spot. Mine is right here, I don't know where yours is, but that spot that when it is touched, 
All of a sudden, you get chill bumps. Do you have that? And it comes in all sorts of ways, doesn't it? It comes in great music. It comes um, not to equate the Holy Spirit and patriotism, but remember when we all um, have stood together and sang the national anthem before? And there's a little something that, that is that moment. Remember that moment a couple weeks ago when I think it was, was it, the, was it the Rangers that won the World Series? It wasn't the Astros, right? It was the, it was the Rangers that won the World Series. That feeling that we have that binds us all together in a supernatural, amazing sort of way, maybe experiencing the Holy Spirit is a lot like that. So the best way I know to go and learn and go even deeper and learn more about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit is through Scripture. So in this particular venture, I journeyed deep into the book of John in which Jesus was talking to his followers about how life would be after he left them. And of course, they were a bit bewildered. They just weren't sure. I love that about them. I think I would have been a great follower back then because I was always like, what? And he said to them these things. If you have your Bible, open it with me. Uh, We're going to look in John 14 and then 15. And in the meantime, I'll read to you the word of the Lord. John 14, 16, Jesus says, If you love me, you'll obey my commands. I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The word cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. I would love to have seen their faces, wouldn't you? Kind of that little head nod back and forth. Then John 14, 26, again, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I am particularly drawn to that phrase, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I have begun to creep up upon that age where everything doesn't automatically come up to my remembering. Are you there yet? You know... It's in the Bible. And you know, maybe Jesus said it. I'm not sure if it's John or Matthew or Mark, but that remembering, and I love that Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to be that urge that brings to your remembrance. John 15, 26 says, but when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the very beginning. Now, lastly, John 16, 3. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's an interesting word play going on throughout all of these. Each one of these phrases, whether it is helper or advocate or spirit of truth, all fall under the same definition in the Greek. There is a word called the paraclete, paraclete. And it is Greek for all of those things we just described. It is one of those words, we have them in our language, don't we? where depending on the setting and the situation, there's one word that means and can be used in different applications. Well, this is that kind of word. It can mean helper, 
It can mean advocate. It can mean teacher. It can mean example. It can be sustainer. The one I am particularly drawn to is he or one who comes alongside. One who comes alongside. So as you think about that, perhaps you come today with the Holy Spirit all figured out and good for you. But if you are like me, I hope that this helps you kind of sneak a little closer to understanding, well, the who and the well, how and, and why. I want to give you some examples, and I want you to be thinking about, might this be one of those times? Have you ever been what I, the word I'm going to use is kind of a churchy word, have you ever felt convicted about something? Something you said that you wish you hadn't, or something that you wish you had, but you, you missed the opportunity, or something you did that you ought not have done, and who knows, maybe you <laughs> even did it at Thanksgiving. I don't know. But um, have you ever had that gnawing feeling in your gut, that feeling that is, quote, convicting you of that which you have done? Anybody in here? Anybody in that section? Karen has a couple of times. Anybody else? Anybody? Any? I venture to guess we all have had that moment. Some might call it regret. Regret is the sister to conviction. Could that be the work of the Holy Spirit? Kind of. Maybe you've also felt the Spirit in what I'll call a hard season. I know many of y'all have had hard seasons. Hard seasons come in all sizes and shapes, don't they? They come upon loss, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of, loss of dreams, loss of how you thought things would go and they haven't. That's a hard, that's a hard time. Could that comforting feeling you get when a friend calls and says, hey, I'm just thinking about you, or hey, I'd like to drop by, or hey, you want to meet me at Starbucks, or hey, or what do you think? That moment of that warmth, <clears throat> that somewhere in the back of your, the recesses of your psyche, you say, yeah, I matter, I matter. Somebody knows me, somebody sees, somebody, somebody cares. And then maybe lastly, that moment, like we talked a minute ago about just grand inspiration. Again, whether it is singing together, hearing something play, magnificent piece of music or art or dance or theater, in whatever way that comes, might that be the Holy Spirit? What do you think? God knows that I need examples that are almost like, hey, look my right, right, right here. So I want to share with you two that I have been privileged to experience here in what we'll call Camp Holy Spirit <laughs> over the last couple of weeks with Pastor Doug. And uh, these are true. If my kids were here, they would say, Dad, is that a preacher's story? Which I.E. means, did you make that up on the way to church? No. <laughs> this is honest to gosh, true story. Um, number one, a couple of weeks ago, a church member came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Doug, I just learned of a family who have three boys in high school at Louisville High School, uh, whatever, you know, things have happened and they're now homeless and uh, the boys are sleeping in their truck or in their car behind Louisville High School every night. Is there anything we can do? I said, of course there's something we can do. I don't know what it is, but there is something we can do. Yes, keep me apprised of what 
is happening. He calls me back about 24 hours later and says, well, the boys are being divided up between two families. Two friends of theirs in high school are taking them. One's going to take three boys. The other's going to take two. They already have best buddies in both of those homes. What do you think we can do? And I said, well, as a dad of boys, I know they're always hungry, and they will come in like a locust and eat all of the food. Let's stock them up. So uh, because you all are uh, just super generous, we have the Good Samaritan Fund, which is what we go to for that. And we were able that day to get uh, Walmart gift cards for groceries and just say, here, go get. It's not our place to judge what you need. Just go get. And uh, they were thrilled, and we were thrilled, and, you know, life goes on. Well, then last Sunday at the early service, a woman came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Doug, uh, weird thing. I used to help run a food pantry. I don't anymore, but some people still think I do. So I uh, woke up this morning to find boxes of food on my front porch labeled Family A, Family B, Thanksgiving. I don't know what to do. I don't need them. I don't know how to, what should I do? Again, my immediate answer was, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. So I walked from the ministry center to the information center and said gentleman who had talked to me about the families whose kids were sleeping in their car was standing there. And I said, do you think those families might need some Thanksgiving groceries? He said, absolutely. So amazing just the way life works. Within three different text messages to three different folks, and him being the courier. By the end of the day, those families were overwhelmed with food to sustain them for Thanksgiving and beyond. Is that the Holy Spirit? I don't know. All right. Another story. Again, caveat. True story, not preacher's story. A couple weeks ago... A woman came up to me after the early service, so I need you to tell the story. Let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So at 11 o'clock, i.e. right now, a lot of times when I come up to pray, I will, uh, between sitting where Gracie's sitting and here, I will pray a little prayer that says, Dear Lord, put in my mouth today the words you need me to pray. And I stepped up here, and out of the blue, I asked you all, reminded y'all, who's your, uh, who are you looking out for? Do y'all remember that when I said, you know, we all have people that we kind of, in our neighborhoods or our office or whatever setting, we have somebody that we keep out of our peripheral vision all the time, making sure they're okay. I used an example of a little lady that used to live in our neighborhood, Miss Barbara. Everybody knew Miss Barbara, lived in the house next door to Wendy and I, and was all alone. And everybody in the neighborhood around us knew that and looked out for her. If her grass got too high, we made sure everything was okay. If it was about to be winter and cold, we made sure her faucets were covered. We always kept an eye out for Miss Barbara. And I just said in my prayer, I hope and pray that you are somebody's looker-outer for her person. And I know and I am confident that you are. All right, fast forward back to the story. Pastor Doug, I need to tell you a story that happened today. You know when you said, are you somebody's person? It brought to mind a woman who uh, is my neighbor. And, but let me back up and tell you a story. A couple years ago, this particular neighbor and her husband, we had been friends for the longest time, and we have a big backyard, and they have a big backyard, and our backyards roll from one right into the other, and our animals run and play and love it, and uh, we have a view because of that. Well, out of the blue one weekend, they built up a 10-foot-tall fence without any explanation, just 
there shall be the fence. And uh, my husband and I grumbled about it so much, we just let it stifle our friendship, just put an end to our relationship. She said, I didn't, she said, I'm ashamed to say I didn't go over and ask why or what's up or what's happening. I just went home and pouted. Any of y'all ever gone home and pouted? I have. So she said, uh, so here's what's interesting today. Pastor Doug, I looked over, and that woman was sitting six feet away from me. And I didn't understand why, because she doesn't go to our church. And then moments later, the children's choir got up to sing, and I realized she was here for her granddaughter singing the children's choir. She said, we listened and watched, and as the little girl went to sit down, we both turned and our eyes locked on each other. She said, for the rest of the morning, I don't know what was said or what was preached, but all I could think about is how can we get that fence out of the blank way? She said, immediately when worship was over, we went to each other and uh, embraced and cried. And we both knew what was paramount on our hearts, but what I didn't know is just two years ago, her husband had died. And a year before that, he was worried about her safety, so he built the fence, because he always wanted her to be safe. <laughs> yep. And she said, he's gone, she's been living over there all this time by herself, and I didn't know it. And we let that blank fence get in the way. She said, we sat down and we talked about it, and we talked about how to move that fence emotionally, maybe even physically, and how we could reconnect, and how we ought to reconnect Was that the Holy Spirit? Or no, that was just coincidence, right? Y'all, if you only knew the uniqueness of that moment, me moving from my seat to say that, these people sitting where they did, children's choir singing when they did, which is very unpredictable. There's just no way of knowing, except in Karen's mind, when that's going to happen. And that's a big old thing. That's a big. And it happens. Friends, I have come to believe that the Holy Spirit is always here, always present, waiting for us to make ourselves available for his work. But like me, many of us get distracted, don't we? Or busy, or worried about our world or our backyard. I came across a, a little poem this week that reminds me of, I think, the relationship between you and me and the, the work of the Holy Spirit. It was written by St. Teresa of Avila in the 15th century, and it goes like this. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassionately on this world. Yours are the feet in, with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes, your, are, you are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassionately on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but you. How might you and I be Christ's hands and feet. You know, a lot of times they give me a hard time in the media room because I will stand up here and I'll preach with my hands in my pockets. Apparently that's not very professional, I don't know. 
But uh, it's kind of my posture of just being. And what I realize is it's a safe posture. What God needs me to do is be more out like this. How about you? Where do you keep your hands? Do you keep them kind of tucked away or busy, unavailable? Mine are, you know, doing the Lord's work, but very unavailable at times. I just wonder, you think we could take our hands out of our pockets in such a way that we don't have any more kids sleeping behind their school because they're homeless. There's plenty of places, there's plenty of beds in Louisville and Flower Mound, aren't there? Or how about, you know, abused families who need a safe place to be? You know, it, it only takes you or I to go to our Thanksgiving table and see the bounty in which we uh, consume <laughs> to realize all of us could have had Thanksgiving three or times over, couldn't we, for the volume of food that was on our table. I'm not here to make y'all feel guilty. I'm just here to, to raise our awareness of all the different ways and all the different places and all the different times. If we took our hands out of our pockets, we could make a difference. And all it takes is taking your hands out of your pockets. Do I feel convicted? Yeah, you bet I do. I invite you to join me. I hope this has helped you get your head around the Holy Spirit, and know that the Holy Spirit is always present, and I believe yearning for an opportunity to make a difference through you and me. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, thank you. Thank you that you have created us, you have redeemed us, and you sustain us with your Holy Spirit, eager, eager for us to be your partners in making a difference in this, your kingdom, here, now, today. In your name we pray. Amen.